The Dual Threat Show is brought to you by Fresh Hands Hand Sanitizer. In the face of our current health crisis, Fresh Hands wanted to contribute in a meaningful and useful way. They have partnered with high-quality manufacturers in the United States to deliver the highest quality product at an affordable price, and it's always made right here in the USA. Their sanitizer gel and spray cleans and is soft to the skin because sensitive skin shouldn't be something you have to worry about right now. Stay fresh and clean with Fresh Hands. Please visit Fresh Hands, that's F-R-S-H Hands, Dot com and find them at Walmart and Amazon. Welcome into the Dual Thread Show, Paige Demacos, JC Cornell. Special guest, Jake Arians, the only repeat guest on the podcast thus far, probably going to be the only guy that we asked back ever because uh, he's going to come back on the pod quite often. We got Hype Train, Chris Schubert behind the producer, Mike. And I'm laughing to begin because we have already spent about a half hour BSing before we actually jumped on the podcast. This is going to be off the rails. I'm just going to set the tone right off the top of the podcast that this is already going to be ridiculous because you have two Buccaneers fans, right, stands at this point, and me by proxy, so three, and nobody enjoyed watching Green Bay get their ass whooped than, than me. I can assure you of that because there is nothing I love more than watching Aaron Rodgers' smug little face sit on the sidelines while Tampa Bay is driving down the field. And he can't do a single thing about it. So I know you guys got to get the reaction show from Chris and from JC, but let's talk about it now that it's you've been able to kind of digest what you saw, right? I'll let you go first, Jake, since you're the guest. We'll let you go first. You've had a little time to process the absolute ass whooping that happened on Sunday by Tampa. What impressed you the most? from that game now that you've had a little more time to process? You know, it's almost more impressive a couple of days later than it was after the game when the excitement is there from watching the destruction of that team. But it's kind of like, you know, sometimes JC will like this analogy. You go out and birdie number one, you think you're going to shoot like 68 and you shoot 90. Sometimes you got to just withstand that barrage for a second and the team throws everything they have at you and then they got nothing left. How many times, how many times you've seen somebody return the opening kickoff and lose 40 to seven? Right. It happens. And they, they withstood that. Jamel Dean makes an unbelievable play. Kid's playing his ass off, by the way. Finished last year extremely strong. He's playing really good now. It's more impressive a couple of days later because of what they did offensively. The defense is spectacular. We, we can talk about all that. And we will. They did what they needed to do. They were efficient. I love that we have some of these experts in Buccaneers land talking about they ran it too much on first down. Dude, they controlled the clock. They ran it when they knew they were going to run it. Brady completes all these third downs. They go down the field. They get points. They keep – our defense was playing that good off the field when they were out there a ton the first quarter. Keep them fresh. Special teams were solid. A 97.5 or something out of 100? I don't. I haven't asked my dad this question yet. I'm going to go on record and say that I, I'm pretty sure I know the answer. I don't know that he's ever had a team that he coached play a more complete game than this. And there were some pretty damn good ones. I just – no sacks, no penalties, no turnovers – that defense could have played a fifth of that good and they win by 20 and nobody beats them. If that offense is going to play like that and you could take care of those mistakes. I don't know. I, I don't, I think it's more impressive a couple of days later. And my favorite part is nobody's talking about it anymore. They're talking yeah. about the freaking Cardinals and the Cowboys from mm -hmm. last night, which was the Harlem Globetrotters and the freaking generals. So Jake, I, I did a little homework on this because that DVOA was uh, the highest of the year, right? And for those of you counting at home, obviously you can put two and two together that 100 is a perfect score. So 97 and a half is about as perfect as it's going to get for a football team. Like, I want to know you, where it ranks all time. 
Yes, I, I, playoffs, that's what I, I think they need, they need a playoff curve because if you hit like an 85 at a playoff game, that's unbelievable. But 97.5, I want to know of how long they've been doing it, where that ranks, because I don't know how you play a better game than that. Start to finish, top to bottom, all the way around. I don't know that there was a mistake. No, and to your point, as far as Bruce as a head coach, right, I think the only other game that I'd love to see the DVOA for as far as a complete game is, and I know you'll remember this, Jake, when the, the Cardinals have traditionally had such a tough time going West Coast to East Coast, and they went to Philadelphia, and they just absolutely dismantled that, at the time, very, very good Philadelphia Eagles team. I think it was like 42-10 final score. Like, it was an absolute asshole thing. And that's what this game reminded me of. Like, conversation going in, you're expecting fireworks, and you got fireworks, but it was from one side. <laughs> and and there was nothing to, to be said after after the uh, – you know, and they had some payback in that game. I know exactly what we were talking about. The only other one that comes to mind is when they had nine sacks on Aaron Rodgers in the regular yes. season, the year that they played them in, in the second round of the playoffs. Um, and it was just total destruction from start to finish. They win by like 30. But I don't think that game was as complete as this. You're talking about no, no penalties from one of the most penalized teams in the league, which is not coaching, by the way. The freaking players finally decided to get off their ass and not be idiots. Like penalties are mental mistakes doesn't matter how much you coach it. They didn't preach it anymore last week than they did the week before, although it was um, verbally stated firmly, I will say, on Wednesday when there was a penalty <laughs> early on that this ain't going to fly anymore. Uh, I, I just – I don't know how you play better than that. But it doesn't mean jack shit unless you go to Vegas this weekend, you kick their ass on national TV with everybody watching, and then you go to New York and you kick their ass on a team that you should handily destroy. Then it doesn't matter. And you should be able to reel off four or five, as I said the other day, getting ready for that Chiefs game, getting ready for that Rams game on Monday night. You get to mid-November, now it's time to make a run. You got I, I want these guys healthy. I want Chris Goblin and Mike to get healthier and stay on the field together. Let Scotty get healthier and be that other part. We're going to need to get Gronk back healthy. Um, but as long as his defense stays together, they're going to be in every game. This was the most fun I've had watching a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan since – I was basically a kid like in the Super Bowl days. I mean, the domination just from start to finish. Not, I mean, the Green Bay looked good in the beginning, but like you said, you can have a birdie early and you can tank. And the Buccaneers just took care of business. Ronald Jones looked so damn good in this game. And it's just amazing with him. You know, he's, it's been talked about since his college days that he's like a mental kid and it shows how much confidence means to him. And I was saying it was almost a little bit of a blessing. I'm not going to say a blessing that, Fournette got injured, but Rojo looks so good, so confident. He's running so hard, and that's just going to be such a key to their offense moving forward. And and not only that, I mean, I, I said this on the reaction pod, Rob Gronkowski having a performance like that, showing he's still got it with guys like Mike Evans and Godwin not having huge stat games and showing Gronkowski and Rojo as the guys kind of like with the big stats with this win, that was huge for me. Sorry, Paige. I agree with you on the Fournette thing. I think it was a blessing in disguise because you've already seen what Fournette can do with a couple weeks of knowledge, right? He's still there. He's getting more and more involved in the offense mentally, sitting back and watching this. You know you can plug him in. He catches it really well. You can actually plug him into that that shady role where you were talking about Vaughn, and you can't drop one from the goat, go off your forehead and get back in the Mm -hmm. game. But I think Fournette could take over that shady role playing third down and take, okay, if Rojo's got 25 carries, we give him 20. You take a couple away from Vaughn, a couple away from those, those shady carries, and now Fournette's at 13. 
I'd love to see us run it that much because Brady's phenomenal on play action. I abs- absolutely agree with you 100% and, and love that. And the biggest part of that is Rojo's a guy that needed that confidence. He's younger than Vaughn. He's been in leagues, what, third year, fourth year? He needed to get that, I'm the guy. They brought yes. in Fournette. He had the big game. What's the question mark? The head coach is like, he's our guy. We're going to ride him out and we're going to spell him. He's now been phenomenal. And I think that's going to take him to another level. And when he can stay fresh and you can spell him with a one-two punch still, I, I love that, man. I, I, people forget Fournette's on the team because Rojo has been so good the last three weeks. And I think what you just said about Fournette taking over that Shady McCoy uh, role is what every Buccaneers fan wants to hear. Because Rojo and Fournette being the one-two guys and dominating the carries and catches is what we want to see listen, I love Shady McCoy, but in that game, he looks, you know, he's looking like he's aging a little bit. Some of those cuts. And, and, but the thing is like, like you said, Vaughn drops that pass. Shady McCoy catches those. So that's what, that's going to keep Shady in the lineup. If Fournette's not playing. And Vaughn looks solid running it. Right. The other guy I'm going to tell you, don't forget about Kenyon Barner. He comes back off the suspension. You're talking about a home run hitting guy that catches it great out of the backfield with a head coach that's known for putting a player two in for a guy here and there that you better account for, especially when it's a home run hitter like that. You get the return factor back when he gets back, but there's another guy you can put in on third down two minute to spell four net or to get a little more speed, run a wheel route, something you're going to scheme up that one play. Um, Andre Ellington comes to mind in Seattle, that one draw play he takes yeah. to the house on that yep. Sunday night football game. That's the Kenyon Barner rule. That's might, might be four or five plays. But when you have a home run hitter that could take it to the house like that, he's going to be a great piece when he comes back as well. And that's then that we have a full complement of backs that are all healthy. We haven't seen that. Right now, no. Rojo, we, we went to Chicago with two dudes. And Rojo carried the load and ran for 100 yards on a great defense in Chicago. So uh, I can't wait to see what they can do and get creative because the, more, the better we run it, the better Brady's going to be. And the more those weapons can be used and we don't have to drop back and throw it a ton. And I think I want to I want to bring up the point of of what I saw from Fournette on social media because I think it's such an important point about leadership inside this locker room, right? Because one of the things that Jake, you and I have questioned about Fournette for many years since he's been in the league is his immaturity, his will to play, his willingness to fight through certain things, right? And and he there was a, a quote that came out from Scott Smith on social, and Leonard Fournette responded to it and said, the young immature me would have been upset, but now I understand coach cares for his players first. Glad to be a part of this team, learning a lot and seeing things differently since I have been playing, right? And I think this is such a, everything we know who Leonard Fournette is as a talent. The questions about Leonard Fournette have never been about his talent. It's everything else, right? And this is like, of everything that I took away from this weekend, I saw this and I was like, that's a big deal because Leonard Fournette maturing, growing up, not only doing those things, but then listening and comprehending that at the end of the day, his, his coaching staff is there for him, right? They're there to make him a better player, a better man, make him understand things. Like this is a massive deal for this team because if Leonard Fournette is the best version of himself, and they haven't even gotten that yet. They haven't gotten healthy Chris Godwin, healthy Mike Evans, healthy Leonard Fournette with Rojo. That's the part to me that, yes, this was as close to a perfect game as possible with a bunch of stuff still not all the way there, right? Like that's to me, you go, you've got this 97.5 
DVOA ass whooping that you put on a top tier team in the NFC, but you're not even at a hundred percent yet, right? You're not even there yet. What happens when that is all the way there? What would that look like? I don't know that to me, that's where Jake and I know JC feels the same way. If this team clicks on all cylinders, the only team that's going to beat this team is the, is themselves. They, they will, they will beat themselves by getting penalties, by not, by not executing at the highest level. But this team, when they're clicking, it's a scary sight, man. Like I, I know what this team can be because I saw it uh, uh, against that Green Bay Packers team and, you need a defense in this league and Green Bay's defense did not show up and Aaron Rodgers did not show up. And I think the biggest takeaway from this is this defense is not only for real, but so far past for real, right? You have, you have unleashed Devin white. Uh, Love seeing that. You love seeing all the, all the credit that came around. And I love seeing my boy Ndamukong Sue. Like I saw the nastiness from Sue that I absolutely love watching like him in that in that role in that and and people listen I get it I understand that you have you know he's had his moments where he's gone a little bit too far but you know what when you play defense when you play that position I want a nasty dude I don't want a guy that's shaking hands and making friends after it I want the dude that is talking shit like that's the dude I want on my defense I don't want guys that are super that are that are friends with those dudes I want the MJ killer instinct I don't need any of that other stuff listen Absolutely. I I reacted to the to the game and Dominican Sue's performance. He's playing inspired football, best football he's played as a Buccaneer. I think best football he's played in years, period. And just the physicality he brings. And I listen, I couldn't help myself on Twitter, but I had to post a picture of Gerald McCoy helping up Ben Roethlisberger, and then the, the picture of Dominican Sue barking shit in Aaron Rodgers' face after he sacked him. I mean, that's the guy you want on your team. And now, we, sure enough, Jason Light goes out there, uh, signs Steve McClendon, another nasty dude that's going to be right next to Sue. I mean, the, the attitude on this defense, like I said, they look like killers out there. I love that. I'm glad you brought that up. And I'm going to address the Fournette thing again before we get off that topic. But the McClendon thing, whether it's 20 plays a game or, you know, if he can get to where he's playing 35, it's another dog in the middle. And Sue was phenomenal last year but nobody thought Vita was going to be that when we played him. So Sue took all those double teams and Vita was manned up this year. Everybody knew what they were getting in Vita. So Sue was singled up and they were doubling Vita and you've seen an eat. You bring another guy in the run game and McClendon is just a road grader that's filling that hole next to Sue. You're not running up the middle on this team anyway, but now you just added another piece and Nacho can spell him. And he's not, Nacho's not, he played okay. It's just not, he's not, he didn't have to be that dude. Now you've got, Two absolute dogs in the middle. They're going to stop that run. And the more we stop the run, the more we can get that defense off the field, the more we run it, the longer that defense stays off the field, the fresher they are. I love that you brought up the Fournette tweet page because it was in response to BA saying there was no point in pushing him and him missing a month. I, I know what we have in him, and I want that. But I think his whole career was he's battling soft tissue stuff. We talked about him being a sprinter, and those guys don't like tweaks. No, no, you need, you're our whole entire everything. You're going to be out there this Sunday. And it wasn't what he thought was best for him. So I think he loves the fact he's on a winning team with that culture in that locker room with a coach that has his back. Cause I know what I have and I want him on the field and I don't have to go out there and be the bell cow. I want to go be my part of this team and help us win. I, I thought all of that was phenomenal. So Jake, I tweeted out in September that, I thought the national media should start recognizing that the Buccaneers are not only a top five defense, but maybe the best defense in the NFL. And you bet your ass I kept all the receipts to the people that trashed it. 
and I, I'm trashing them today. But um, here's the thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, Todd Bowles clearly is doing a great job with that side of the football. They're playing amazing. The, the blitz packages are great. It, it's all effective. I mean, they're top defense in the NFL right now with analytics, uh, giving up the least yards in the league. What do the Bucs need to do to have Todd Bowles stick around longer than this year? Because you know he's going to be a hot head coach uh, candidate name. I, one, I think it's funny that people think Todd just wants to go grab whatever head coaching job is out there, right? Right now, the ones that are available aren't very good, and he ain't going back to New York. Uh, he learned his lesson going to a bad franchise without a franchise quarterback. Some of these have that ish, uh, but he's not one that's chasing the money. He's not one that's chasing the fame. He knows what he has and how good this defense could be for years, right? I mean, the way they built this thing, you get Levante signed to an extension – you're pretty much coaching the same dudes for another three or four years. He's going to have opportunities to take head coach job. He's already being paid as a top tier defense coordinator. They can bump that if they need to. I don't think ownership's going to have a problem if you throw the number one defense in the league out there, giving a guy a raise. Uh, I think people are jumping to conclusions with a lot of these head coaching candidates, but assuming that Todd wants to leave a phenomenal situation with a head coach that he loves that coached him in college that he's known for 35 years to go do it again in a situation that's not ideal. I think if he gets the opportunity to go somewhere with good leadership, the GM that he knows that he's on the same page with, because he never had that in New York with a franchise quarterback, then yeah, I think he's going to consider that because now he has a chance to win. He doesn't want to go be a head coach. And I'm not speaking for him. I'm just speaking my own opinion here. I, I can't see him wanting to go just chase a head coaching job when he doesn't think he has the chance to win or the support from the GM and the ownership like he didn't have in New York. Well, where's he going to go? Is he going to go take that Atlanta job? Without roster, like I mean, I mean in that salary like, cap situation, or Houston with and, Deshaun Watson, and, and, and what do you think of how he is? Yeah, no defense. Yeah, and, and just I, I think you know, obviously Bruce has always been a proponent of his guys getting jobs, right? Like that's he's always been such a huge proponent of maybe, that. Maybe and, not this time. Maybe not. Maybe not this he time. Got for sure. One. He's probably yeah. wants to keep him this time. No, he would be. We all know he would be for it. He's grooming guys to take that job. But Todd Bowles is elite. His defenses are never not elite. They were phenomenal in New York when they had nothing. Yes. You don't want to play that defense. If this defense stays together, stays healthy, the best part about this is you saw it from like week eight on last year with this young secondary. And then you've heard all these guys, with a, even with this jacked up offseason, how much better they are in year two, how much more complicated and exotic Todd can get with what he wants to do. We saw a bunch of blitzes this weekend. We haven't seen yet this year. Two weeks ago, I talked about we had a, a cross dog with Levante and Devin yeah. and, and freaking JPP and, and Shaq Barrett dropped into coverage. And you're like, yeah. how the, the hell do you know this? what's coming? If you're the quarterback, unless you just know you got to dump somewhere, you better know where your hot is and you better get it out of your hands or you can hit in the face. Uh, I love it. And I think we're just scratching the surface on what he wants to do with this, this group. Carlton Davis is the key. The Patrick Peterson of this, this defense, you've got to have that shutdown corner that's not as scared to go man-to-man. He shut down Hopkins last year. He shut down Julio last year. He shut down Michael Thomas in week one. He's got the ability to do that. Jamel Dean can take your second guy outside. Murphy Bunning can play in the slot. He bounced back with a big game this week. And then, and then, you, and then like, Antoine Winfield Jr. comes off and gets hurt, and we get a freaking pick by his replacement. The secondary is playing phenomenal. We know how good the front seven is. I mean, it's, uh, it's scary. And I, I honestly think they're just – figuring out their identity. I hated their defensive game plan against Chicago, but I think they felt like if they kept everything in front of them and didn't give up any big plays, they'd keep them down enough to win. Yeah. And they, they end up giving up 20 points 
um, because they had that red zone turnover uh, and the offense had all the penalties and which I like I said wasn't complimentary football but I think you're going to see this aggressive style continue yeah I I would assume that we're going to you guys brought something up that I want to bring some attention to before we move on to our doings of the week. And it's because we naturally brought up a petty moment that needs, needs love. It just needs, it needs some, some extra attention. Okay. So, so JC brought up my GM that I love Jason light. Okay. For a lot of reasons, he's a Husker. He's a great dude. Love his family. He's like one of the best guys in the NFL, just an overall great human being. He took an opportunity to be petty on Twitter, and your girl is here for it, okay? I love it. I love taking shots when, listen, you want to say stuff, you better be ready to take the heat back, right? And that's, this is the ultimate lesson for everybody that's in sports media, for everybody that has a podcast, or listen, you put yourself out there, you better be ready to defend your takes, man, because I have gone toe-to-toe with coaches before, and had heated discussions. And guess what? They respect you for it. You back it, but you better be able to back up what you're saying because otherwise they're going to take an opportunity to dunk on you. Okay. They're, they're, and they're going to do it more often than not. And I love it. I'm here for it. I entertain it. I want to see more of it. Bruce is not going to do it on social because he's not going to be on Twitter, but we will see it. I love that Jason is doing it. I was all here for it. So a organic petty moment of the week by far and away, we're going to start putting like a, a Mount Rushmore of pettiness like we do with the with the enemy enemies of the pod. That is up there with the Mount Rushmores because it was so unexpected, right? Like I, I it got sent to me and I'm going, oh my God, Jason. Like I was so hyped up because I was like, a GM in the NFL, this never happens. And I la- oh man, I laughed. I had a good laugh. So Jason okay. Light, officially huge, huge friend of the pod. And huge we might know a, a, a new enemy of the pod, unfortunately. <laughs> new enemy of the pod might, might be making the list. Listen, Bucks Media, you've been warned. I've been telling you, I have, a rece- I have all the receipts. You're not, you're not separated from all the fans because I've seen some pretty fan-ish goggles from some of the media members in Buccaneer land. So you better believe I saved some you of those. You trying to as set well. me up, and I'm not, I'm not taking the bait. Oh. I'm not jumping in on this. But I will say this. This is, for, this is for all media members, and that is in quotes. Just because you buy NFL Game Pass and you watch the All-22, and you break down film for all you film breakdowners out there. If you don't have access to the coaching staff and what's being coached to the players, then you have no freaking clue what you're talking about. I can watch film, but how do I have any context of what the hell I'm watching? And then you want to go break it down and criticize said coaching staff, said coach, whichever one it is. Every team has these people. I'm telling nope. the fans out there that are listening to this and buying this crap just because you watch film. Doesn't mean you have context of what the hell you're watching. And you can have 50 years experience doing it. I'm talking about Steve Young and some of these guys that they're not spending the time to talk to these coaches. They don't know what's being coached. They don't know what's being taught. You can't watch the film and tell me what he was supposed to do on that play if you have no access to the coaching staff. That's my, my little rant for the day. So you did set me up. I, I did. I did bite on that a little bit. I knew you take. Right. I knew you take the bait. Come on now. This isn't our first rodeo. The reality is here. This isn't, it's not even a bait. It's a good lesson, man. Like the best beat reporters, right? This is why Jake and I had Sam Farmer on, okay? And if you don't follow Sam Farmer, you should follow Sam Farmer, okay? He writes for the LA Times. He's an unbelievable writer. 
but he is what every journalist who wants to be a sports writer should strive to be. Because when he talks about something, it's because he talked to somebody in the locker room about what the hell he is talking about. So when he says something, it means something because he's talking to the coaching staff, he's talking to the players, he's bringing it from a lens of knowledge. And I think that's a good lesson for any aspiring sports journalist, sports writer, develop those relationships. It's easier than ever before because all these press conferences are happening more often than not on Zoom. You can jump in on a lot of this stuff. You can ask those questions, but guess what? If you're nice, it helps because being a jerk to the coaching staff isn't going to help you. I can assure it's, you of that. It's a phenomenal point because there's one thing that Sam has, and Sam is a true old school journalist with sources because they trust him. Yes. Nobody's throwing him under the bus. Nobody's trying to get a hot take on Twitter so you get a bunch of clicks by saying something stupid. If you're going to put out facts of what you see and you're just putting out your own eyes without talking to somebody with knowledge of what's going on, it's a great point. I mean, that's, that's all we see anymore. Yeah. But that's, no, this is, this, is what, this is what Papa Bruce taught me when I was first, first coming up through this, through this industry. And I'm so lucky and fortunate that that coaching staff that exists in Tampa that was the coaching staff that I got to hang out with in Arizona and learn from Harold Goodwin and learn from Todd Bowles and learn from these guys. But that's why people like Carmen who worked for the Buccaneers on the flip side, shout out to Carmi because when she writes something, she's talking to everybody inside the locker room. She's talking to all the coaches, she's talking to all the players and she does an unbelievable job breaking stuff down because it's not just what she's seeing. She makes sure what she's seeing is also what Todd's seeing. Right. And that, that's, that puts people at a higher level. So I know Jake and I just went on a rant, but maybe people should just be better. I, I don't really know. You should I think know better than have me on. That, no, there's not a rant coming somewhere. I mean, I'm probably Jake, not done, Jake's, but that's all right. Jake's basically cemented himself as the, the, the third threat here on this podcast. He might oh, be yeah. a regular Tuesday at, uh, guest edition yeah. because this is, this is fantastic. I love this. Yeah, yeah this in. is I'm, – I'm all for this. Uh, and on that note, Let's move on to Doinks of the Week, man, because we got some good ones to get into here. We got some good ones. And you know what? Because he hasn't been on yet, we're going to let Hype Train go first. Because you know what? We should grieve with our guy, Hype Train, who's a Jets fan, who is watching possibly the worst football team in the history of the NFL play football. So, Hype Train, go ahead. It's all you, man. Yeah, my, my Doink of the Week is the uh, entire New York Jets football organization uh, <laughs> for putting out a product that I have to watch on a weekly basis that is a uh, complete dumpster fire. Paige, I don't have energy anymore. There's just no energy <laughs> left in me to talk about this football team anymore. I, I just, I can't. They're just atrocious. Adam Gase is getting into it with Greg Williams before the game, during the game. There was discussions about whether or not Adam Gase has even talked to his quarterback. It, it's just a mess. It is just a complete dumpster fire. And the best part about it, guys, is I have 10 more games of this because Adam Gase isn't going anywhere. So not only have, I, have we done it for six games, I get 10 more like this. Also, fun little stat for you for the Doink of the Week here. Adam Gase in his career, his career head coaching record, 31 and 40. 31 of those 40 losses are by double digits. He Perfect. is bad. Doink and then of the he week, just got Adam fleeced Gase. by Jason Light as well. Jason Light's yeah. just fleeced, guys. So I got a solution for you that I told all Jets fans on the TDN Fantasy yes. Show last week. I trained. You're great. NFL.com has a great – NFLshop.com has this great little thing. You go pick out a logo that you like, and you ride it out for these next 10 or 12 games with somebody else. Pewter and red is an awesome color. I'm just saying. It's a great color combination with some kick-ass pirate stuff. If, if it so moves you, 
But I would jump the hell off of my hometown team, and I wouldn't be wearing green anymore for the rest of the year until the draft. And, you know, the Jets fans in the draft is the greatest thing ever. So I put the jersey back on then. But uh, there's, a, there's a solution for all Jets fans for the rest of the season. I envision, I envision a nice video cut up of this segment, right, where we have NFLshop.com brought in, and it shows a, a screen of, you know, double screen of Chris going to NFLshop.com. Sure. He's searching. He looks at the Jets. It's like the, the cursor is there for like 30 seconds. He's really thinking about it, really thinking about it, and then goes to Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like you just, or, you, you realize. Or I just like, go all in and go to Clemson's website and buy every damn Trevor Lawrence thing there is, and I just <laughs> ride it out watching Jets games wearing the freaking orange and purple. You can do that. One of, one of the can. two. One of the two. But, I, have one more, uh, I have one more thing. Okay. Okay. Intern Henry, I don't need you coming in here with stats about Adam Gase's last best passing offense with Peyton Manning being 17th in the league. Not today, okay? Later on in the season, when it's over, go ahead. Today, not that day. Uh, Teddy's oh, giving hype Henry. in the business. I love it. I love that Henry's just behind the scenes like, let me, let me add on. To he just types into our chat, Adam Gase's best offense since Peyton Manning was 17th in the NFL. Really? Really? I needed a stat for that, Henry? No. My eyeballs tell me Adam Gase can't coach an offense. The four of us could put together a better offensive game plan. But thank you for adding that to the show today. Henry, welcome to the show, brother. That was a nice introduction, Hype Train. That was fantastic. All right. It is now. We'll let the, we'll let the guests go next. We'll let the guests go next. So there was some news uh, in the Florida market today. There is a changing of quarterbacks. You might say, oh, this would only happen when a team is losing. Oh, it might be the Jacksonville team. No, 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 no. It is the Miami team who has won two games in a row, has put themselves in a really good position, and has now decided, yes, this is the time to move on to Tua. So, Jake, take it away. You know, it's kind of perfect timing since I wrote an article for the draftnetwork.com on Friday about Fitzmagic, titled Fitzmagic. And the only reason that the Miami Dolphins are relevant is because of the play of Fitzmagic. You're three and three. You're above the Patriots in the AFC East. You have five of your next six very winnable games. Did I mention that Fitzmagic's playing phenomenal? He's the leader of this team. Everybody's feeding off this youthful exuberance that he plays with. This let's go out and play like kids and have a damn blast while we're doing it. You can't tell me that doesn't resonate. So you pick now to go to a quarterback with no experience. Oh yeah. Eight plays, whatever it was the other day, because Fitzmagic blew out the team you're playing and you're going to bench him. So tell me how relevant you are when you get your ass kicked the next three weeks, I'll be picking against you against the spread on every game. Your quarterback is not ready to play off NFL football because you took a guy that's, in the top 10 in the MVP conversation to put a quarterback on the field that's never played a damn snap. Who was throwing to four first-round receivers at, at Alabama with four first-round offensive linemen with two first-round running backs that I know for a fact they had to cut the field down for him to read it. And you're telling me you're going to throw him out there against NFL defenses right now? After sitting and watching for six weeks, and this is the time when you're three and three and you're relevant, and the AFC East title is within your grasp? The Bills yeah. just lost two straight. They're four and two. You played them down to the damn wire. You know you can beat them. You pick now? I said in the article, I don't want to hear Tua's name until week 16 when you're completely out of it and you have two games left. Get him some experience. But not until you're all is said and done. It is not even close to said and done. You just put yourself even more relevant by a beat down against the Jets in the division. You're three and three and you pick now to lose your freaking minds to put in Tua. 
what football rationale is in there that Tua is going to play 70% of what Fitzmagic's been giving you? He's not. It's not going to happen. So where's the rest of the team good enough that if you're only getting 70% of the production from the quarterback position to make up for what you're losing in that 30%? I don't see it. And, and Jake, I just looked up the schedule because I wanted to see what this looked like. You picked the worst three-game stretch to probably put Tua in there, right? You're sitting at three and three with the next three games on your schedule being the Rams, the Cardinals, and the Chargers. Those aren't easy teams for Tua to deal with. Whereas if you play those three games and you lose all three and you're three and six, let's just say for argument's sake, that's what they are. You are now. Then, well, then you could set him up with a soft schedule of Broncos, Jets, Bengals, right? You didn't have to do this now. The schedule's not in your favor, right? You, could, you wanted week 16 against the Raiders and then the Bills in week 17 at the end of the season. That makes sense. But you could have just waited three weeks, see where you're at, and then have a really soft landing spot for Tua, and you chose to go this direction. Just really awkward and weird. Starting uh, Tua's career against Aaron Donald, that's an interesting uh, choice there. From a guy that couldn't outrun anybody on Mississippi State's defensive line to the point where he got a Bo Jackson hip. That sounds awesome. With Jalen Ramsey shutting out every receiver that he plays against. Listen, the timing is awful for a lot of reasons. Um, The matchups and the schedule aside, more so, this is a football team that is gelling, right? Like, this is a football team that is playing really well. Like, I understand that you didn't go into the season thinking, like, oh, okay, we could win the division. The division's winnable. Have you watched the Buffalo Bills the last two weeks? You played them. You should have beaten them, okay? You've played much better. You've gotten healthier on defense over the last few weeks. You've played much better. You've won two games. They've lost two games. This division is winnable. To me, this smells like it was not a Brian Flores decision. I am just sitting here going, there is no chance – that Brian Flores, who comes from the Patriots tree and is sitting here operating under the ultimate scope of, like, what is best for my football team to win football games? Because guess what? Last year, everybody wanted that team to tank, and what happened? They did not. They played really damn hard all the way through the season. Most importantly, Ryan Fitzpatrick did. The dude's living at the facility. I mean, he's like the ultimate football guy. I don't – I truly do not understand this. And I honestly feel bad for Fitzmagic because – what more do you need from him? Like, what was it? What, how was he ever possibly going to win this job? There, 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 if this was the plan all along, that's a, it's a shitty plan. Like, I don't have any other. I, no, I, if it's I really the plan don't. all along, you change your damn plan. It's yeah. a stupid ass narrative that just because you have a bye week, that he's going to be more prepared to play in two weeks than he would be this week. This is dumb. And that is a stupid narrative. If he's paying attention in the freaking meetings, he's ready to play every weekend regardless. Now, he might get more reps that week of practice if he's going to be the starter. But you're not doing anything on your bye week anyway. Three of those days you're getting off. In this crazy world, you got to go get COVID tested, and that's it. You're not going to be I, any more prepared to play. It makes no sense to me. I, mean, I check Rams, they're losing. Chargers, Cardinals, those are winnable games. If the ball bounces in your favor, you can win those games. Your defense is getting healthier. They're playing better. You just talked about what the Jets, the Broncos, like those are winnable games. And you're three and three. I wrote in the article, like as long as you're hovering around 500 and you're going up and down, you don't make this change. There's nobody – coaches and players know who the best players are, especially players in that locker room. There's no way anybody in that locker room, when Josh Rosen apparently outplayed Tua like a mother in the preseason, thinks that they're better off with Tua at quarterback than they are Fitzmagic. There's no way in hell anybody in that locker room thinks that, other than maybe Tua. I, I for one, one, noticed that um, the father of Tua, if you guys didn't already see that, they had a little quote that came out 
yesterday about his conversations with Brian Flores, right? Found that interesting. Why the hell is anybody's dad? This ain't high school. Thank you. Tell your Thank dad you. to shut the hell up and go buy a jersey and sit in the stands. This ain't you know high that school. Works for, uh, Nobody's dad ball, needs to be talking to the brothers. freaking coach. The fact yeah, that Brian I'll, Flores talks to his dad is a problem, period. 100%. I'm, I just am envisioning a conversation where your pops, Bruce, is getting a phone call from somebody's dad. I just Let me tell you how that's going to go. <laughs> Chico's getting his ass fired if that, that phone call goes through to my dad's office. <laughs> and it ain't, if it gets through and Chico gets fired, it ain't going good for whoever's dad calls, I can promise you. It's not no. high school. It ain't junior high. It ain't some rinking dink ass college your mama's pissed off you went to and you need to go enter the transfer portal. It's the freaking NFL and you're three and three. This ain't the time for daddy to be calling the head coach. If I'm two nope. up, I'm beyond embarrassed that that got out. Yeah, I, I would be too. I, for one, have circled the week of week 10, November 12th or November 14th, where the uh, Chargers and the Dolphins play because dial me up for the Justin Herbert hype in that game. Di just dial it all the way up to 150 for that game. Hey, just so the I perfect time to tell you that I'm all in on Mac Jones being better than Tua. And how did that go for when Tua's daddy called about his brother to Nick Saban? Because I'm pretty sure Mac Jones is lighting up the SEC right now. I don't think it went real well when he tried to call Nick. So I'll leave it at that. Yes, the hype train has arrived. Um, listen, I wish that I could say that I was like super disagreeing with you, but knowing the people that you know at Alabama, the things that have been said uh, about Tua's knowledge um, and what it was like with him in college, and knowing what I have seen from Mac Jones so far, the throws he's been making, I I'm, I'm here for this discussion. I am here for it. I am here for you inevitably writing Mac Jones, greater sign, Tua Tungavailoa on the draftnetwork.com. Can't wait for all the comments. I'm well section. on my way. Without it's... watching film, I'm well on my way. <laughs> All right, JC, it is your turn to take over here on your Doink of the Week. And, man, if there was a Hall of Fame for Doinks, this would be headed right for that section. Do it up, Hype Train. Well, let's set the record straight. Whose quarterback is better, yours or Ronald Jones? Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Ronald I'm pretty sure my quarterback knows what fourth down is. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like, surprise, surprise, motherfucker! The king is back. All right, Jamal Williams. So Jamal Williams has a cute little radio show he does up in Wisconsin. I was actually the guest on the pregame show with them, and I, you know, I played it super nice. I told him, you know. You know, I thought the Packers were great. I thought Aaron Rodgers had been playing great. I just said, you know, the one mistake might have been Jamal Williams uh, saying what he said on his radio show. First of all, Jamal Williams really thinks Aaron Rodgers is doing him any favors. If Ronald Jones had a radio show, Tom Brady would at least buy that guy a good microphone. All right? You have a radio show and your microphone is complete trash, dude. You're trash, okay? You don't come at the GOAT. Talk shit about the GOAT. What did you think was going to happen? This is Tom Brady. And then I have these Packers guys, like, on their whiteboard during the radio show, like, you know, fourth down comes after third down. Aaron Rodgers, the real GOAT. Get the f*** out of here, okay? Tom Brady did exactly what we thought he was going to do. Tom Brady's a psycho, and he loves that free motivation, and he absolutely, you know, not, he played a great game. He had – the stat line wasn't crazy, but guess what? 
Tom Brady's teammates play for Tom Brady too. It was a statement game for the entire Buccaneers team. That defense was, I just, it was ass kicking. It was so fun to watch. That's my doink of the week. Jamal Williams, doink. Get a new mic, dude. JC, you still got those guys' number? Because maybe we should have Josh Jacobs on their show this week and see if he's dumb enough to say something. That, that would be like, uh, we'll I can, just set I can him definitely we'll just, get we'll that number for you. Keep this thing rolling. I'll, I'll buy the mic for him just so we can hear it louder. Uh, First and foremost, RIP to Jamal Williams. Like, really, brother. Like, just, it's, I, I'm sorry we had to do you like that. But, like, first and foremost, it's Aaron Jones' team. Yeah, it's Aaron Jones' team. So, it's shocking that you were even gifted a radio spot because who cares? Um, and second of all, this is so far past stupid. I, ca- I don't even know the word that I would like to use for it because – Apparently, none of you watched The Last Dance this year. Apparently, none of you watched it, okay? Because there was one freaking lesson that you should have gotten from that, and that is do not, under any circumstances, give the following people extra motivation. Michael Jordan, okay? Tiger Woods, rest in peace Kobe, but Kobe Bryant, and the last one, Tom Brady. Do not give any of those people extra motivation because they already want to kill you okay so we joke about the bulletin board but we know the bulletin board exists Giselle has the bulletin board at home okay and she goes she shows it to Tom every day before he leaves for work you think that's like a Vanna White style like she in a bikini while she's doing that because that makes it sound like a lot better oh yeah yeah of course listen I just envision that Giselle's in a bikini and Tom's top like has no shirt on all the time because they're beautiful just eating hummus you know they're it's hummus like little crackers and carrots and it's just like a and it's, it's just a vibe. Like the it's most, a beautiful it's, vibe. It's, it's a beautiful vibe. The house is like the most gorgeous thing that exists on planet Earth. And like everyone's happy there. Like you walk in and it's instantaneous happiness because it's just the most beautiful place you've ever been. This is exactly Derek, how I Derek Jeter's it. in the backyard playing catch with Tom's son. <laughs> like it's just like. <laughs> this is like in Happy Gilmore when he has the happy dream. That's how I envision this. Like, this is exactly what I am thinking about. And I think that Giselle, the, the, the bulletin board is real. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. And I know that she, that she printed out that, Aaron, that, that Jamal Williams shit. She was like, did you hear what he said about you? And Tom was like, don't worry, baby. I got this. Like, I, I got this. I got this locked down. And it's, man, did he ever have it locked down. A reminder, Jamal, be careful, brother. Be careful who you cut. Be careful who you swing at, man, because that's uh, it didn't end so well for you. You knew it. it you knew it was so over well when when the photo uh, leaked onto Twitter of him holding the four oh, fingers yeah. up to Bruce at practice. I mean, I was like, oh, okay, it's over. R.I.P. R.I.P. Green Bay. Okay, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> we saw that picture and I was like, oh, it's a wrap, bro. That's all I needed. I was like, by the way, the how many point. touchdowns did we beat the Packers by? Just checking. Yeah, one, two, three, four, for those of you counting at home. All right, Hype Train, let's bring it home here on the Doinks of the Week with uh, my boy, Ezekiel Elliott. If all eyes weren't already on Ezekiel Elliott, they are now, and he fumbled earlier in the game. There's some pressure. Baker was coming, and the ball comes out, and Arizona scoops it up. Byron Murphy came up with the football. Jordan Phillips knocked it free. The last time Elliott fumbled, it was Phillips who recovered it. Now it's the other way around.
Oh, double doink. Yes, it's the best version of the doink. It's the double doink. And that is exactly what this is because entering 2020, Ezekiel Elliott had not lost two fumbles in an entire season. He loses two fumbles in this football game. It's never been more clear that that team needed Dak. They needed to pay Dak. And man, oh man, do they miss that guy. Uh, We miss him in the league in general. But Zeke was doing way too much, trying way too hard, and he is in his head. He has now gotten to the point where he got benched in that game. He was literally, they went to him on the sidelines. He's watching Tony Pollard out there, who runs pretty well, oh, by the way. Did a pretty good job when he was in there. It's not great. Not great if you're a Cowboys fan. Not great if you have Ezekiel Elliott in fantasy. I think it'll be fine, right? But the reality is there are two teams that I love dunking on. The Green Bay Packers and the Dallas Cowboys. And Dallas, it is so fun to watch you right now. This was such an enjoyable experience living in Arizona, knowing that that Cardinals team is a eight and eight team. They're an average team. You made them look like the freaking Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Like that's, they are not the Bucs defense. I can assure you of that. If you played the Bucs, you might lose a hundred to three. Like that might be the final score. And it wouldn't, I don't even know if Tom Brady would have to see the field because you might just get literally dismantled and the defense might just score on every drive. It is so far past embarrassing. I, but I'm enjoying it. I love it. So double doink of the week. But, but Paige, after the game, Mike McCarthy about this game said, quote, I felt like our preparation coming into the game was our best this year. So it's okay. So it was their best preparation so far. So there it's totally okay. Yeah, preparation, uh, sure. I told you going into the game, conventional wisdom says you go back to Zeke. You run the ball. No Lyle Collins, no Tyron Smith. Zach Barton goes out in this game. The entire offensive line that was phenomenal for Zeke's first couple of years in the league is now gone. You went from dominant to garbage with what you have left. Andy Dalton had no chance. And Zeke's fumbles were awful. They were on him, but that's not the offensive line. But they had – their offense is going to go downhill big time. Andy Dalton, I thought, would give 80 85% of the production of Dak. I think he's capable of that, but I think it's only going to be 60 playing behind this offensive line. And that defense is god-awful. I, 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 by the way, anybody that's listening to this, uh, in my fantasy leagues, I'll trade you Tyler Boyd for, for uh, Zeke anytime. <laughs> if, you're, if you're trying to make a trade, Jake's trying to make trades uh, while he's live here. I'm, I'm in for so. that beachfront property in Arizona trade right now. I'll take Zeke in. <laughs> <and all my. laughs> all right, let's finish things up here with an enemy of the podcast update. Chris, you know what to do. You need, we need the music here, okay? The reality is I have been off my, my normal game, okay? I have been in this place where I have been saying nice things about Green Bay, nice things about Aaron Rodgers. I felt sick to my stomach. I wasn't myself. It had, I've been off my game for a very long time. Well, I am happy to announce that Aaron Rodgers has now entered the chat. He is now number one enemy of the pod, and we are back, people. We are back. I am back to normal. The earth is back on its axis. We are feeling great because Green Bay has entered, okay? And they are going to stay there. They ain't going nowhere. This team is staying right at the top, number one enemy of the pod, Aaron Rodgers and his smug little face, okay? It's just, I, I can't even believe that there was even one moment of time where I was enjoying watching him play football. It is gone. No enjoyment watching him play. The only enjoyment that I got was watching Ndamukong Sue talk absolute shit to Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers looked so defeated 
That is the only thing that I enjoyed. So number one enemy of the pod, Aaron Rodgers has come in. He has cemented himself up at the top. He's on Mount Rushmore. I'm so happy to be back to normal, guys. It feels feels good. Feels good to be feels good to be back. Honestly, when Aaron really when Aaron Rodgers did the Key and Peel celebration, the level of triggered I I was was <laughs> absolute. Like I was shaking. Okay, I was I didn't know what to do with myself. I I like. Listen, like Jake's joked, I've needed Xanax in the past. Like I was like <laughs> calling my friends, like who's got a hookup here? Because I need one. Because this guy has me absolutely rattled right now. It's one of my favorite episodes of television. So yeah, F you, Aaron Rodgers, officially enemy of the pod. Um, if I can then transition to my new enemies of the pod, you know, mm-hmm. we have the Jam- the Jameis stands are always huge enemies of the pod. Well, guess who's yes. joining Jameis stands? The Gerald McCoy stands. You guys can. You guys should just go off and go have a vacation together. Literally bathe in like your hatred of winning football and just like enjoy each other because I don't want to talk to you people and you're all getting muted and you're just going to be sitting in my mentions and not being read. So I hate you all enemies of the pod. Gerald McCoy stands. Thank you. That's my rant. I love it. Enemies of the pod. Aaron Rodgers, obviously the just, just so we're clear, um, Aaron, that touchdown didn't count that you celebrated. And how many points did y'all score after you had your nice little celebration? Ooh, yep. That's that's an enjoyable thing that happened, that 38-0 run, Aaron. And you better be careful who you start dancing on, brother. That was I, – I they panned, right? They panned to Tom Brady. This was my favorite moment of the whole game, okay? So Aaron Rodgers is celebrating for what seemed like 10 minutes that they allowed for him. How he didn't get an excessive celebration is beyond me, but it was too much. We're like, all right, Aaron, let's move this along. Then they take the touchdown away. They pan to Tom Brady, who's sitting down, holding his helmet, okay? He is just sitting there, and if you are paying very close attention, he is clenching like death grip on his helmet. He is just desperate to get his ass out there because he's watching this shit going, Oh, no, 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 Aaron. And I went, I, I looked at that and I went, I would go, this isn't going to end well, man. Like, Aaron, I can assure you, like, this is not this whole, it's really early to be doing all this, man. Like, it's, this isn't the fourth quarter you're doing the championship belt, like you're ending the game. Like, it's a little early for all this excessive celebration. <sighs> I hope he didn't learn his lesson. I hope he continues being an idiot because I will continue to enjoy this. So Jake did not pick an enemy of the pod, right? So oh, I got very one. Oh, oh, yes, I let's go. It. Keep the music so, flowing. Here we go, Jake. <laughs> I will keep it simple. Terry Bradshaw, how damn dumb does VA look now? Kiss my ass for the second time. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Terry Bradshaw, it, he clearly has something out for for the Buccaneers, Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, whatever it is. It's not a good look, bro. You look, It looks unprofessional. You, you don't look like you're doing a good job. No one's enjoying it. It looks petty. It looks dumb. Not good petty. You just look like an idiot. You, you look like a you look like a salty old man. Like that's you look what as he dumb looks as like. we thought you were. Yeah. No, that's enemy of the pod, Terry Bradshaw. Brother, maybe it's time for you to retire and hang out with your wife. Like I don't need to be hearing all this sh- like stupidity on TV. Like you better be bringing good analysis. And oh by the way, there's another one that I thought about because you know what? The Fox broadcast, the whole Fox broadcast, enemy of the pod. Honestly, all of them. But most importantly, and I love this dude, okay? I've met, he's a nice guy. But Michael Strahan put some goddamn respect on Levante David's name. You can't even pronounce his 
effing name right? Are you freaking kidding me? He is a pro bowler. He is an all-star. And you are just now realizing that he's a star in the league? What have you been watching, bro? Literally, are you watching football? I think it's time for you to make the transition to permanently being on Good Morning America and stop talking about football. Do you have the audio? Yeah. We, like, he, it is, he misreads his name and he's, and he's so like, well, you know. We What's his first time ever saying it out loud before? Of course it is. I mean, all he's these like, media guys have a memo that, that's in their notes, right? And it's from, from the producers, and they're saying, you guys have to pretend that you've known Le- who Levante David is for the past 10 years because clearly you don't know who he is. Here's his name. They didn't, pr- they didn't give the, the instructions on how to pronounce it. So here's Strahan. Yep. Don't pronounce his name right. And the opening, the intro into his conversation about Levante is him talking about how now that they play with Brady, there's national attention and Levante is now a star. No, brother, Levante was a star. He did not need Tom Brady to be a star. He's been a star. The defense has been good. And those of you who listen to the TDM Fantasy Podcast, myself, Jake, and Jamie have been telling you that since the halfway point of last year when this defense turned it on. And apparently none of y'all have been listening. So I'm putting the whole Fox broadcast out there because you know what? Somebody teach Michael Strahan how to say Levante David, right? And somebody put some goddamn respect on his name. Learn how News to flash to the Fox producers page. You're going to be talking about the Bucks a lot. You might want to get yeah. this right. That's the perfect ending here, Jake. That's a perfect ending. Because you know what? Fox, ESPN, all the national. Go ahead, Hype Train. I know you- you're afraid now. We had to repeat the enemies of the pod bed three times during that segment. That's how many enemies were on the show. Three times I had to restart the, the bet. Just for those of you who were placing bets on the show, three is the answer. Listen, Chris, we added Jake to the pod today, okay? You should have known that we were going to have extra enemies of pot because we didn't even get to, and I'm mentioning it to end this, okay? The Twitter mob of Buccaneers fans who talked a whole lot of shit coming into the season, okay? Didn't have faith, didn't believe in Tom Brady, weren't happy enough, didn't, didn't enjoy this offseason. You bet your ass that I saved the receipts. And Jake's going to come. He's going to come back. Because I saved him for him. Because he was looking. He was searching. And he couldn't find it. It's, it's funny how after that Green Bay game, nobody had anything to say. It's incredible how that happened. Well, guess what? I got all the old takes. And I took screenshots because I know y'all going to delete them. Because I've learned that lesson before. So I have the receipts. And don't worry, Jake. We'll take care of business. Because this is the pettiness that lives within. I'm at an all-time high. I'm at an speaking, all-time high. Speaking of enemies of the pod. Oh, let's go. I'm, Add it in. <laughs> I'm so happy. No, I, you know, I'm not going to mention anyone. I'm just going to say I'm just happy. Obviously, I picked the Buccaneers to win against the spread. Duh. Yeah. I mean, come on. Easy. Easy game to pick. Good call. That's a very good call. Uh, anytime you're going to give me Tom Brady and some points, I think, uh, I think we're, we're sitting pretty. So, Hype Train, I'm very sorry for you that you had to play the bed of Star Wars uh, over and over again. But you know what? You should know better. At this point, you've been doing podcasts with me, Jake, and JC long enough to know that this Enemies of the Pod was going to have a life of its own. And it really has. It might even be its own episode eventually where we just talk about Enemies of the Pod. You never know. <laughs> might, might happen. Might happen because, quite frankly, a lot of stupid people out there. You better start saying Levante David's name right. Otherwise, I'm going to come for you, just so you know. I gotta, that's, that's some Husker shit. And trust me, I'll send the Dominican suit with me. So you ain't going to want to deal with him. Because, Michael, you they know you played a while back, but you're not dealing with Sue very well. So let's just, like, let's learn how to say 
and be respectful to my guys. Jake, final thoughts on the pod? We've taken care of all the doinks. We've taken care of all the enemies. Feeling like we went through therapy. Feels really good. Like we've gotten all of this stuff off our chest. So this is your final opportunity. Go ahead. Packers are done. Let's go kick the shit out of the Raiders. Hmm. Love to hear it. Sample. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Wish we were going. Wish the uh, wish the old Vegas uh, stadium was open. But I know that will that will inevitably be an unbelievable experience when it does happen. So very excited about that. JC, final thoughts on today's pod. Oh, man, I can't wait for the Raiders game. If you thought the Buccaneers defense looked made Aaron Rodgers look rattled, I can't wait to see Derek Carr crying on the ground. Go Bucks! Yeah, I'm also excited for that. I'm also excited to hear if there's any wagering going on in the Arians household because uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, lovely Shelby comes, comes through as a, as a uh, Raiders fan. So she's obviously Team Bucks. But she, her, she's like me. She grew up a Raiders fan. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, what's she doing this week? Is she, are you guys talking shit to each other at the house, Jake? Like, no, how's it going? No, no, no. She knows where the family lies. We can be Raiders <laughs> fans when we're not playing the Raiders. But uh, there, will, there will be no Raiders love this week. There is no Raiders love, and I think we know how that one ended. Uh, my final thoughts are, Buccaneers fans, I hope you enjoyed your victory on Sunday. Uh, Green Bay, uh, permanent enemy of the pod. Uh, feels good to be back and and feel normal and yes any and all people the Chicago Bears are five and one and I'm not here for any of your arguments against that yes Chris what do you have to say no, this, so, listen this is the Tampa Bay Bucks podcast we got to give a shout out to the Tampa Bay Rays game one of the World Series tonight go sure. Rays I, I just want to sneak that in here at the end of the show yeah, you can get that in at the end of the show I'm fine with that I'm okay. fine with that I'm I'm team I'm team Rays. beat the Dodgers please. Yeah, I hate the Dodgers, so I'm, I'm team race here. That's, that is definitive. But if you haven't joined the Discord channel, be sure you join the Discord channel. If you haven't started participating in the contest, you're going to want to – you're going to start want, wanting to either – I think you're probably too far behind now that we've gotten this far along, but we are going to do stuff in November and December. So you at least want to jump in and start participating and, and really seeing how that's going. Please sub to the podcast. You can find us anywhere that you listen to your podcast. Look up Dual Threat Show. You can find us there. Follow JC at Cornell NFL on Twitter. You can follow me at the underscore sports page. And please follow the podcast at Dual Threat Show. Enjoy your week.